On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, because we don't have a guest, I'm gonna do two things. Number one, I'm gonna talk to you about how I'm restructuring this content. And then number two, I share with you my tips for having a productive day. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 64 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I share the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges. Sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. And with that said, let's address the elephant in the room, which is that there is no guest this week. You probably noticed that by now. Uh, I'm going to talk about why, or rather the reasons why um, I've struggled to book guests in a minute, because I think it's quite interesting, and then tell you about a slight restructuring of things um, to to help with it, I guess. So this is a bit of a catch-up episode, a bit of a insight into the behind the scenes of this podcast and the email newsletter and then after that I want to talk about some uh, some productivity advice that I've been giving myself this week because I'll be honest this week hasn't been super productive after a bunch of back-to-back-to-back weeks of high productivity of busyness of loads of video calls and this and that uh, I'm back in Corby this week and it hasn't been all that productive it's been one of those ones where other than Monday, actually, Monday was wildly productive, but then Tuesday onwards, I just kind of hit a bit of a metaphorical brick wall and um, have been doing, I wouldn't say the bare minimum, but like really only focusing on two or three key tasks, getting those out of the way and then just kind of not getting much done. And so I've had to really uh, revisit productivity advice that I've given myself in the past and try and implement some of that in real time to help me get back on the horse but before we go into that hello i hope you're well i hope you've had a good week um it's not much new with me i'll be honest we released episode number two of undeveloped thoughts on sunday just gone if you listen to that uh it was a good one me peter and adam spoke about mlms about property entrepreneurs about people faking results online it's an interesting listen so if you haven't already listened after this do go on to spotify it's not on apple yet haven't put it there can't be bothered but it's on spotify um search undeveloped thoughts and i'm sure you'll find it but yeah so let's break this into two halves right i'll talk about the the restructuring of things and then i want to talk you through some productivity advice that i've given myself that hopefully somebody listening maybe you can also make use of So there's no guest this week, right? And the reason for that is kind of twofold. So number one, back in like late December, January, uh, even early February, to be honest, I was intentionally holding off contacting or booking guests in the hope that by time Ryan's episode went out, which was episode number 60, we would be able to be together in person again and so I could start booking in in in-person recordings again which is my ambition for every recording on this podcast because like I've spoken about before for me 
it's just nicer to have an in-person conversation. And so I probably, in a, in a very misguided way, left it way too late to begin booking in future in-person guests. And perhaps I was too stubborn in waiting so long by doing that, right? But then on top of that, finding the time to source the contact information of people that I want to speak to and then write some sort of, I wouldn't say long, but a, a very personalized email to discuss, I guess, what the podcast is and also what I would speak about to that particular person. Sending a few of those with a super low success rate, quite frankly, just because of the number of listeners we get. Um, it's it's very hard to get people uh, engaged. And then on top of that, uh, having to like respond and it turns into this whole like thing by itself where it's like a uh, I wouldn't say a full-time job it's certainly not that but you know what I mean it takes a fair chunk of time and so between recording these podcasts editing them getting them up uh, the twice weekly emails that some of you receive and running a business as like a fucking more than full-time thing it's just been difficult to book guests in. And so I've had to think about this over the last few days. I've had to think about what I can do to make sure that I continue to have the conversations on this podcast that I enjoy so much and that I get so much value from and that hopefully you also enjoy. And this is the conclusion I've come to, right? The emails, the emails that you get every Monday and every Thursday from now onwards, starting today, Thursday, because I'm not going to send one today, spoiler, um, are going to be once a week rather than twice a week. And they're going to be every Monday. And that gives me a nice chunk of blocked out time on either a Saturday or a Sunday, which is typically uh, the one day of the week that I purposely don't work, where I can just sit down, collate some thoughts and type it together into a nice, well-written email, right? To explain how I've arrived at the uh, the conclusion of why that's the best thing to do. Let me take you back to the middle of last year. So I'm sure you're aware we were all in lockdown. It was sunny as fuck outside. It was very nice. And I was sat on the balcony and I thought I've been speaking about doing these emails for a while. So I typed out a couple, had them planned, uh, and I announced that I would be doing two a week. And the reason I did that and I've had this conversation privately with some people, but I may as well just tell you now. The reason I wanted to write so many emails, 100 per year, is because I think that a blind spot in my skill set at the time was being able to condense fairly complex thoughts down into um, fairly concise sentences, right? This podcast is great because... I can spend half an hour talking about something and go into all sorts of depths. But I think that brevity is just as important a skill. And it's something that I've, I've kind of been aware of for a few years that I would quite like to be a better communicator in a written sense by being able to say more with less words. And so that's kind of the 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 private, the true motivation behind the the volume of emails in the beginning. And so as I sit here and speak to you right now, since the beginning of July, I believe it was, I sent the first email, I could be wrong, I've now sent 80 emails. And the reason why I continue to send the emails now is actually a very different reason to when I began. And that's because 
I still feel like I get value out of it. I think that the the broader lesson that I had to learn about writing with more clarity and more brevity is one which I've learned. I feel like I can write those emails on autopilot now and that I don't find myself having to edit them down as much and so on. So that lesson is learned. I continue because I enjoy it. And I continue because I feel like notwithstanding the access I have to Twitter and to this podcast, I feel like it's still a useful medium for me to be able to document, share ideas and concepts. But the thing is that I no longer really have the volume of ideas to share, right? When I started in July, I had 24 and a half years worth of lessons and concepts and ideas and thoughts that I could call upon one after the other after the other twice per week every week for like 40 weeks in a row to to share with you but you've probably noticed recently if you subscribe by the way if you're not even part of the, uh, this this uh, newsletter list you're probably thinking what the fuck am I talking about but if you are thanks for sticking with me because you'll hear where I'm going with this um and it is that recently you probably noticed that I think I've missed one a few weeks ago. Uh, they're sometimes still in the mornings, but sometimes in the evenings because I write them on the day and I'm kind of scrambling for ideas, right? And so it, it kind of struck me this week when I was scrambling for an idea to share by email and also coming to the realization that it's very unlikely that there was going to be a guest on this week's episode of the podcast because I felt like I didn't have the time to find one. It was quite a simple swap in my mind. I'm just going to swap the Thursday email. I'm going to swap the time that I would spend trying to think of a second uh, thing to share in an email, which you're probably not going to get that much value from anyway, because I'm having to actively think of something. I'm having to generate quote unquote content rather than just sharing an organic thought. I'm going to swap that time with an hour per week where I'm going to uh, look for guests, essentially. So the Monday email in my mind, though I haven't written one yet, it's probably going to be slightly longer than usual. Just as precise in the language, just as short in the sentence structure, but going into a little bit more detail, into a really core idea, a really core theme that I've been thinking about in that particular week, because there's always something, and you know that from listening to this podcast. It's just a struggle when I have to find two things per week, one thing every three and a half days on average. Like, not a lot happens in three and a half days a lot of the time. And so... Yeah, that's it. Essentially, I'm going to keep up the emails, but once per week. And in the hour that I'm saving, I'm going to uh, reach out to guests to keep that side of things moving. Right. Because this all comes back to something that I've said before loads, which is that and I believe this, you have time in your life for everything that you want to make time for. And for obvious reasons, the. Uh, emails and this podcast and everything else that sits kind of outside of the business has to come second because the business is something that is bigger than me right there are literally there are people's mortgages paid through the business and that's far more important than uh, like an email that I send right and so I focus the majority of my time and the majority of my attention of course into the business and that means that I have to carefully divvy up the time that's left after that between this podcast and the emails and the other podcast and this and that and just 
relaxing and sleeping and living life and all the things that we all do. And so when I say that you make time for everything that you want to make time for, it's kind of that I want to make time to find guests. And so I need to invent that time by sacrificing something else. And quite frankly, I don't want to make time for a second email. And so that's what I'm going to do. Not to say that I'm explaining myself. That sounded very um, like I was trying to justify myself there. I'm not. I'm just trying to give you an insight into, I guess, what I'm going to be doing and why. Because that's what this podcast is and has always been. It's just me sharing what's going on in life and trying to maybe explain some of my thought processes. Firstly, for my own benefit. This helps me understand myself. This helps me understand my motivations and my uh, direction and so on. But then also just because, you know, you're giving me your time by sitting here and listening to this right now. So seems right to just, yeah, tell you. And so that's it. That is what I'm going to do. The next email that you receive, if you are signed up to the mailing list, will be on Monday. And then it will be every Monday after that, hopefully on a Monday morning, because I quite like them going out in the mornings. Although interestingly, I think they get a slightly higher open rate in the evenings. But you know what? I think that it's a nice Monday morning email. So that's what you're going to get if you are a member of the newsletter. If you're not, you can head over to seanspooner.co.uk forward slash email and I'll email you every Monday, starting from this Monday coming. And then I said I want to break this podcast into two halves today. And so consider this the second half, which is entirely unrelated to everything we just spoke about. There's no smooth transition. There's no way about it. Like this is just unrelated. But it is that this week, as I've said, I had a fairly unproductive week. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. I think it might just be kind of burnout because it has been very intense and very full on this year so far, which is great. I said that last week, right? We are incredibly fortunate to be busy and to be having the problem of too much to do rather than too little, right? That's all great. And so I think that maybe I just kind of burned out a bit this week. But in trying to pull myself out of the rut, and we've spoken about that idea before, I've had to remind myself of some of the back to basics uh, productivity advice that I have spoken about in the past and that I have lived by for the last three or four years because I think that it's too easy to get... Um, caught up in the tide of life and just go from day to day to day having your attention pulled in whatever direction shouts the loudest and kind of focusing on whatever is immediately urgently in front of you and kind of getting lost in other people's priorities and the second that happens you find yourself very quickly not getting done the things that you need to get done and so that's kind of my uh, my ethos of productivity it's much more about uh, getting the things done that you need to get done and that you want to get done and doing that in as a short a period of time as possible right so the way I see productivity is getting eight hours worth of work done in four hours not sitting for eight hours pretending to be productive and actually only getting four hours work done does that make sense like it is far more about what you do in the time you give yourself than spending lots of time doing busy work and so with that in mind here are the things that I think are the crucial the fundamentals to having a productive day and in my opinion it all starts the night before with two things the first is and this isn't going to surprise you if, if you've listened to 
any podcast ever with me, you're going to know that I'm about to speak about sleep, right? But the first thing is getting enough sleep. There are countless studies, there is countless data that concludes that without enough sleep the night before, we're talking seven hours or more, preferably eight to nine hours, but at least seven hours of sleep the night before, your willpower and your ability to focus and your ability to be productive plummets, right? And so lots of people without realizing it, when they sit up on Instagram at night or when they watch just one more episode on Netflix, which translates into an entire hour less of sleep, they're actually ruining the day ahead, the day that hasn't even begun the night before. And so the first thing, the biggest thing, and frankly, it's the thing that I've been focusing on these last few days, is just getting enough sleep. And so that translates into really basic things, right? Like stopping drinking coffee at 2pm or 3pm or 4pm, depending on your bedtime. I think that the half-life of caffeine is seven hours. And so if you have a coffee at four o'clock, half of that caffeine is still in your system, still actively working, keeping you awake at 11pm at night. So uh, yeah, it's practical things like that. It is not sitting on your phone at night in bed. It's keeping your phone away from your bed if you can. It is having either blue light blockers or as a minimum, just putting on night shift or flux or something on your screen devices so that you're not convincing your body through blue light that it is very much daytime and that you should be awake. It's all of those practical things, however you want to cut it up, essentially getting enough sleep the night before, I think is the most fundamental thing when it comes to being productive the next day. And then I think the second most important thing also happens the night before, and that is planning your day the night before. Now, I use a really particular structure for this. I'm just going to pull it up as we're speaking. So I use an app called Bear, which is on iPhone and uh, and Mac, sorry, iOS and Mac. And it's basically just like a nice note-taking app. It's not as advanced as like uh, Notion or Roam or any of those kind of like super plugged in note-taking apps. It's kind of a a middle ground between your basic iOS note-taking app and something like Notion, which is way more advanced. I like it. I think it looks nice. It syncs across all my devices essentially instantly in an encrypted way using iCloud. It's really good. It's like £2 a month. I recommend it. But anyway, I have a template inside of Bear called Daily Plan Template. And each night I right click on that template, I duplicate it, and then I change the date at the top. So for example, in front of me right now, Uh, I have Fridays, so Friday the 19th of March 2021, and that's what I'm about to populate. And then there are headers which tell me what I should put in each list. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six lists inside of this note. The first header is most important task. Now, this is the thing that, come what may, I need to get this task done in any given day. And this is the most important task, as the name suggests, that I could possibly get done that day. So some people call it like eat the frog. I think there's a book called that. But essentially, if you were to only get one thing done today and still class today as a success, what would that one thing be? What would that really big, that really important, that really high leverage task, what would that be? And then you put that in the most important task. And then after that, and it's really important that 
what I'm about to say comes after that is start of day communications. So inside of this list, I put any emails that I need to respond to um, that morning. I put any instant messages that maybe came in a bit late and I didn't want to reply to start a conversation at like 10 p.m. And then I also personally in this list put kind of really small tasks that can be done in about three minutes, if that makes sense. So like, I don't know, uploading a document to a client website from an email that came in the night before, that's never going to fall in as a real task because it takes less than, say, five minutes. So that also goes into this list. So I get the most important task of the day done and then I batch respond to emails, instant messages and very small tasks that can be done. And then after that, there are two important tasks. That's the next header, two important tasks. And that is exactly as it sounds, two tasks which are important, which I really ought to get done today, but that are notably less important than the most important task, right? And so I work on those next, task one, get that done, task two, get that done. Below that, I have a list called reactive and phone calls. Now, especially in a services business like Patter, things pop into inboxes, calls come in, things happen that I need to get done without much notice. And sometimes that's a uh, like a small task that shouldn't necessarily be planned into the next day because it's not big enough. Sometimes that is a, a big task, but that just has to be done urgently for whatever reason. Uh, and so that all goes into that list there alongside any phone calls that I have for that day. So I pull out of my calendar any video calls, any phone calls I have on that particular day. And I note those inside of that list as well with the time. So, of course, my phone, my watch and my laptop are going to buzz when I get a uh, call reminder 10 minutes before the call. But also just from a bigger picture, zooming out point of view, being able to see when those calls are and at what time also really helps in this list. And then finally, I have two less important tasks. Now, these are kind of, it would be nice to get this done if I have time, if not too much reactive stuff comes in, if I have a really productive morning. These two additional tasks, they can be just as sizable, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if they didn't get done. Um, and they could potentially roll over to tomorrow if need be. So there are two tasks that sit in there. And then finally, there is a task list at the very bottom called personal tasks that is this podcast that is the emails that is all of those things i just spoke about right so that translates quite nicely actually from my first point talking about how things like this come last i don't mean that in a conceptual sense i mean literally like in the to-do list this comes last and that's it really that is my that's how i plan my day and you might be thinking, what? why do you only plan for five key tasks in any given day? Surely you can get more than five things done. But actually, I challenge you to uh, do the same and have the self-awareness to, to really note how much you get done in any given day. Because five big tasks in a day with all of the distractions of email, like the start of the day communications, with all of the... Uh, reactive stuff with phone calls and video calls and meetings and lunch and breakfast and this and that five tasks is a push every single day so that's my structure by the way if you want that if you want me to send you a template of this um, to use in bear let me know drop me an email tweet me instagram me do whatever i absolutely fucking live by this process um it's, it's taken from a few different places um 
like this this isn't a template from online but this is inspired from a few other people's systems which i learned about back during lockdown number one and literally since lockdown one for about uh eight nine months now i have absolutely sworn by this and so yeah if you want it if you want me to send you the headers or the uh, file to copy and paste into bear let me know and i'll do that so you've got enough sleep the night before and you have planned your day the night before so you're about to wake up and you're going to know exactly what you're going to be doing and you've had enough sleep to have the focus to get through the day and follow that plan right then these are the next kind of building blocks of a productive day in my opinion so the first two is time blocking emails and time blocking instant messages now they are already taken care of in what we just spoke about but if you're not using this structure let me explain why i think that's so important if you stop what you're doing and respond to every email as soon as it comes in or even if you're checking your inbox habitually every two or three or four minutes you stand such a low chance of being able to get done high focus work and we learn about this in books like uh, deep work by cal newport right your mind can only focus on one task at a time and it takes a good few minutes for your mind to actually focus even if you feel focused it takes a few minutes between uh, moving from one task to the next for your mind to actually lock into that task and so if every few minutes you're stopping work on an important task to check your emails or to check for instant messages or even to actually respond to those messages in real time you're essentially at least according to the studies cited in books like deep work getting no focused work done for the whole day because you keep disrupting that flow state meaning that you never get into it meaning that you're never going to get really good focused work done and so uh, i believe that you should time block emails you should plan when you're going to check and when you're going to respond to emails and you should also do the same with instant messages whether they are instant messages related to your work your i don't know university or even just friends right I think that one of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to trying to be productive and trying to get more done in less time is that they allow instant messages to be responded to instantly or even checked instantly. Like, let's remove that word instant. Let's call them messages. You don't respond to every letter you get instantly. You don't respond to every email you get instantly, hopefully. And so I think that people shouldn't do the same with instant messages. Just plan a few times in the day when you're going to get back to people. And for the first few days, people might think you're being off of them or you're being a bit weird. But, you know, ask anybody who texts me frequently and they will tell you that I take between like two hours and sometimes a day to respond. And it's not because I don't want to speak to somebody. It's not because I'm being rude. It's because I just bulk reply to messages when i know that they're not urgent now don't get me wrong if i if i catch something in the corner of my eye and it's clearly urgent or i begin a conversation and need to respond to the person because i've caused that conversation i've opened that feedback loop of course i'm gonna stick around finish that conversation do what i need to do but generally speaking i think it's just a mistake to allow pings and buzzes and little red icons on apps to uh, dictate what we give our attention to and when and then in that same vein if you can i think it's absolutely worth having a second phone for social media 
if you're a knowledge worker, let's call it that, right? So if you're in uh, university and you need to focus on a dissertation, if you work in an office or you work from home right now and it is essentially the way you make money, the way you be quote-unquote productive is by focusing your attention onto working on something that's on a screen. Let's call it that. I think in those moments where our willpower dips, we go back to whatever is habitually ingrained within us. And I'm not sure if it's the same for you, but for me, in that moment, I reach for my phone. And when I have social apps on my phone, my thumb knows almost quicker than I can think about it. My thumb knows where to go to open Instagram or where to go to open Twitter. And even with screen time, even with removing apps from your home screen and keeping them in the app library if you have an iPhone, even with swapping the position and the order of them, I haven't found any of those things to be particularly effective. I find that I will still go back to them and all you need to do is look at your screen time to realise that quickly checking Instagram for 20 seconds soon turns into 10 minutes or 20 minutes and that four or five times throughout the day is a a big old chunk of time that I mean a you're not getting done what you should be getting done but let's put that to side to to the side for one minute you're also not doing what you want to do right think about the plan that you made the night before you know what you want to get done that day and I'm sure that sit on Instagram mindlessly for an hour and 20 minutes wasn't on that list you don't want to do it it's just habitual and I find that the best way to break that habitual chain is to just put your apps on a second phone and then put that phone away from you when you're working. And then my next point is kind of related to that, which is, um, okay, I don't have socials on my phone, but what about socials on my computer? What about YouTube? What about newspaper websites that I find myself checking 19 times a day? So there are two apps that I use to personally stop myself from being able to do this, right? And when I say stop myself, I mean that without these... I would habitually go on to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or the BBC News website a lot. And I think I've spoken about this before. Like even uh, in spite of our intentions, we will find ourselves falling into these traps if we don't put interventions in place. And again, like you can say, no, that's not me. But if you check your history, I would be willing to bet that anybody and everybody does this whether you realize it or not so i use two apps to stop that the first is called cold turkey essentially what you do is you put in a list of websites that you don't want to allow yourself to visit and then you can either block those websites on a schedule or you can block those websites in blocks of time anywhere from like one minute to eight hours depending on how much focused work you want to get done in any particular period so i will typically block it for say three hours in the morning and then have a click around the news websites, have a click around social media. And then when I want to get the next uh, few blocks of work done, I will block it again. And that stops me from getting onto any of these sites. And then on top of that, something that I find helps uh, when those sites aren't blocked is an app for Chrome called Newsfeed Eradicator. And essentially what this does is using your browser, it masks over all of the content on your facebook your twitter and your youtube timelines so that even if those sites aren't blocked or even if you know you're in a break period but you actually don't want to be on say twitter but you know that you habitually go to it a lot it just removes the timeline 
And so it's it's almost a secondary safety net that if you actually really want to be on that site, you can go into the app, click a few buttons and your timeline will reappear for five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you set it to. But it just stops you from doing that mindless uh, social checking that certainly I do. And so Newsfeed Eradicator stops me from doing that. The next thing for me is having a work playlist and I have a work playlist which is house music with no vocals. Now preferably I work in silence because despite how every single office on the planet works, ours included, I just find myself more productive when I am in silence, particularly in the morning. I don't know why but like the two or three hours in the morning in absolute silence where possible are my most productive hours. But if I'm like Uh, kind of fancy music kind of fancy listening to something Uh, as much as the temptation is there it would be a terrible idea to stick on like h or stormzy or dave or whatever because you find yourself singing along and not focusing and when your job like mine is writing a lot of words singing along to big michael isn't a great idea because you're then not writing right so i have this uh, non-vocal house playlist and i just stick it on it does its thing Uh, and that helps And then the second to last thing is time everything you do. Now, there are boring operational reasons why we do this at Patter, but I even time things that aren't related to Patter. So we use Asana in the business, uh, and then I, or we rather, use an app called EverHour that plugs into that, which allows you to time track on tasks. Now, even if you're at university, or even if you have a side project, or even if you just work for someone who doesn't require you to track your time i think it's worth it because it allows you to really understand where you spend your time right like there's the cliches of the the most valuable resource on the planet is your time um and so it's it's useful to just know where you're spending it so that you can step back every now and then and audit it and maybe ask do i want to be spending this much time doing x thing or could i be doing x thing more efficiently to save myself time and wing back some time and all these things so I just think there's massive benefits to tracking your time, even if it's not necessary in your job or in the work you do. And then finally, and this one's so important, and I don't think that anybody speaks about this when it comes to productivity, is understand when a day is a write-off. Despite everything I've just spoken about, there are days where I don't get anything done, where I maybe get task one done, the most important task on that list, And then I think I'm really struggling, whether I'm tired, whether I'm distracted, whether there's something going on elsewhere that's uh, making me absent-minded, whatever it might be, there are days. There are probably 10 to 20 days per year where I'm just like, fuck it, this is a write-off. And I think it's really important to understand when you're having one of those days, when it's time to throw in the towel, to give yourself a day off, to give yourself a break, or to just really step back and slow down and manage the expectations of those around you so that the next day you can come in, you can get started and you can have a really good day. I think that if you try and push yourself through a day that I would consider a write-off, at least in my experience, all you end up doing is extending the period of unproductivity and burning out and feeling awful and feeling guilty and all of these things. So, look, no matter what, uh rules you follow no matter what books you've read about productivity even if you have the greatest systems in place there are going to be days where you just don't feel like it 
And you know it's true because you've probably had one in the past few months. Particularly right now where there's nothing to kind of break up the days and the weeks and the months and it all kind of feels the same. I think it's important to just accept when you're having a day where you're not getting much done and to just say, fuck it, you know what? It's 2pm, I'm going to stop working now, I'm going to go watch some TV, eat some food and go to bed. Or just do what I want, just not going to work, because I'm not getting anything done anyway, so I may as well stop and spend this time doing something I actually want to do, rather than trying to fight with myself to get things done. And so yeah, I think my final rule to productivity is understand when you're going to be unproductive and just live with it, just accept it. And that's it, that's kind of my advice. They are, as I've been thinking about it this week, as I've been trying to re-establish some of that productivity in my life, they're the things that I live by that nine days out of ten serve me really well. And that is it. Uh, Future episodes are coming with guests, I promise you that, despite this week's episode, which, by the way, I hope you got some value from. Like I say, that advice is what has seen me through years of getting stuff done and so hopefully if if ever you're having an unproductive day or you want to switch things up in your life maybe some of that uh, will help you but like I say in the future in the very near future uh, we have guests coming on Uh, I think I might be recording with Cameron Rawson this weekend that'll be a good one he's had the most incredible uh, transformation of lifestyle and habits during lockdown Uh, So Cameron is a DJ and naturally working as a DJ means that you stay up until six in the morning in a loud environment surrounded by all sorts of substances and people and things and it's just a, a crazy hectic life to live. Cameron took lockdown and did incredible things with it and hopefully we're going to sit down this weekend and record an episode so that you can hear all about it and take from Cameron any advice that he has on how to use a period of uncertainty to really lean into life and really focus on what is actually important. And then in a couple of weeks time, I am recording with Chris Williamson, which is still crazy to me. If you've listened to any of these podcasts, you know how much I listen to Modern Wisdom. I probably sat and listened to Chris for 250 to 300 hours, give or take, over the past few years. I feel like I probably hear his voice more than I do family members' voices, Um, and he has had conversations with the most interesting people on the planet, period. Like, the guests he books are ridiculous. He has definitely the most interesting guest-based podcast in Europe. That's not debated. I would say in the world, because I don't rate Joe Rogan, but you know. So sitting down with Chris in a few weeks, cannot wait to bring you that episode still nervous about it i think i said this before it's going to be a big one it's going to be the first guest that feels like a a big fish so that's coming and also a few other people i'm in talks with right now um some really 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 interesting people actually with crazy stories with massive lessons to share so hoping that in that newfound thursday time that we just spoke about i'm going to find the time to have those conversations to get a date booked into the calendar and to get those conversations recorded and those conversations will start next week so that is it i hope you have a good week thank you as always for listening and i'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 65 of life and lessons see you then
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.